Welcome to ReChurch. I'm Marshall Fant, the Director of Church Consulting and Strategic Planning for Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. My purpose is to encourage pastors and church leaders as you refocus, renew, and revitalize your churches. We've established this podcast to offer practical tips and suggestions as you equip disciples to make disciples. It's Marshall Fant. Welcome back to ReChurch. Got two familiar folks with us, Pastor Tim Richmond, Pastor Andrew Snavely. Welcome again to GFA's ReChurch. Thank you. Thanks for having right. us back. Pastor yeah. Richmond, to give us uh, our listeners, in case they didn't get the, the first podcast, uh, where do you and Andrew pastor and a little bit about the church? All right. We're right in the middle of Queens, New York City. New York City has a lot of you know five boroughs. They're each different. Queens is the best one because it is the international borough. More than half of the people here were born in a foreign country. So that's over oh. a million people that, that were born as a foreign mission field, and they've all come here. Um, and we have two. Uh, so so we're here to reach the, the nations, been here for the church is 13, almost 14 years old. Right. The name of the and, church? And uh, it's a church plant, Grace Baptist Church, mm-hmm. uh, through uh, GFA, right, church planning program, yep. uh, mother-daughter with uh, Jim Bickle, Bethel Baptist Fellowship. And uh, so thankful we're uh, self-supporting at this point and Amen. praying for the next step of uh, mother-daughter, if we can here. Uh, this is kind of where, where we are uh, making disciples in the midst of the nations here. Great. So if you missed our first podcast, you can go back and catch that. So the topic is effective evangelism. And I, when I engaged uh, Tim and Pastor Andrew to talk with me about this, I wanted the next generation. So, uh, again, Andrew, uh, Pastor Tim is in his 40s. Pastor Andrew is in his 30s. So I wanted our listeners to understand how they are effectively reaching or effectively trying to reach uh, Queens, New York, and take those principles and, and apply them. So our last podcast dealt with really engaging the community. And and what we want to focus on this time is engaging church guests. And uh, I think we understand that uh, as our last topic was how it began, uh, Pastor Tim, you brought a great challenge, but I think this begins the same way. Uh, first, you pray. All right. So uh, Pastor Richmond, you want to take that up or Pastor Snavely, each one of, of how to pray for guests. Yeah, we similar to what we were praying for. Uh, we mentioned last time with this this three prong approach of praying for folks. And and when I heard this first, I was like, boy, should I pray for people to leave bad churches? <laughs> and now I confidently ask for it, and we see it yeah. is really cool. Wow, what church do you go to? And I'm like, ouch, yeah, you yeah. shouldn't be there. Praise God, He's answering that prayer. Um, now, would you I explain that three prong? Yeah, explain that three prong. <laughs> okay, approach. so. So it, uh, we mentioned this last time. So yeah. we're praying for people that are in bad churches, right. so-called churches that denied the gospel is usually the way I say it. They no longer proclaim the gospel, that they would join us, mm-hmm. uh, leave that church. And then folks that the Lord's convicting, drawing, that right. we would see them come into our church. Uh, and then uh, those that are looking for a church in our area. And and so we see that too, people that that have not found a good church and, and they're just praying for one. They're looking for one and they come in and we like to say Bible driven, uh, that, that, that kind of communicates the kind of church we are. And, and so folks that are looking for a Bible driven church and the Lord answers those things. And yeah. when our people are praying for that, we're praying for that. Um, so, uh, these things, it's so neat when you see that happen because you've been talking to the Lord about it. Yes. Uh, at least for me, 
it is like, thank you, God. And it also is humbling uh, because maybe he wouldn't have done it if we weren't asking him. But it's also encouraging to church people as they pray and God sends in guests. Okay, and I think you've heard me make the comment. So what, what I deal with pastors on, okay, why should God even send guests to your church if you're not prepared uh, to engage them with the gospel? So, Pastor Andrew, I know that as you, as you pray and prepare, one comment you sent me is that you pretend you are a church guest and look at your church through the eyes of a guest. You want to you wanna comment on that, Andrew? Sure, yeah. And, and we'll just say again that kind of because our church is a church plant, it's easy for us to have that mentality because we're, we're, our church is planted intending to be very evangelistic. Right. So if someone's in a church where it's been around for over a hundred years in a smaller town, you don't have an influx of tourists or people moving into the area. This is a different set of questions to sort through for, for someone in a different context. Um, so this is something that we often think through someone's walking in, um, and let's say they're familiar with, familiar with, you know, the scriptures to a certain degree, but, but either not a believer or very young in the faith. That's very common with our visitors. Right. Um, we want to make sure that as they walk in, everything makes sense to them. And I want to be careful. We're not saying a seeker service. So we're not saying you design your church service for unbelievers. I understand. It's for believers. And we, we emphasize that at the beginning of every worship service, God is our audience. It's a two-way conversation with God. We're here to focus on his character traits and why we are here to worship him. But there, we also want to make sure that we can make it as understandable as we can. So terminology we use. Um, we want to make sure it's really clear for people. Give the context of, uh, let's say you have a scripture reading of a few verses. What's the story behind this scripture? Right. And making sure everybody can kind of pick up on it. Um, we we can share a lot more about that, but that that's a good starting point. Yeah, I think another starting point that, that kind of, again, as I go from church to church and different things, pastors don't even introduce themselves. So, you know, if somebody gets up there and, and it's obvious they're not prepared for guests, because they, they act like everybody should know who they are. Now, do most people see you online before they come? Most likely. But still, I think it's just so important, as you just said, to prepare to look at your church through the lens of a first-time guest, okay? And even to the point of introducing yourselves, and as you said, use terminology. What would be, and again, um, this is just off the cuff, but what would be some terms, Tim, you and Andrew, what are some terms that we may take for granted that a guest in Queens, New York may have no idea. Um, you know, we use acronyms and all that kind of stuff, but is there a, is there a term, um, that you have found that you avoid or you replace with another term or, or is, can you think if you of have an acronym? I'd love to hear it. <laughs> but, uh, that sounds good. No, I, uh, I'm thinking that way more in preaching. So yeah. Okay. Uh, like as soon as I say sin, I define sin, lawlessness, okay. and talk about yeah. cosmic law. Uh, you know, there's categories of law, state, federal, local. You know, so defining things that way. Um, but that is really good. You know, uh, thinking through. You know, introducing yourself. I do like if I have someone come that's a friend as a pastor. I tell them to look at this because at this church as a visitor yes. and tell me. You know, because it's true. Like I try to do that each week, but there's things we we just not don't see anymore Absolutely. because we've been there so often. So if you have a guest speaker, tell them to come in and look at this as a visitor and say, you know, you had no sign to the bathroom, and that bathroom down there looked like a dungeon. Just to know that is so helpful. 
and and maybe then you have a greeter that is able to connect. And and that's what we've found helpful. You you start with a relationship with a greeter, right. you leave with a relationship with a greeter with a gift, and it, you know and that just gives that personal touch. So if there is a awkwardness about the bathroom being far away or the nursery being in the back, that 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 person can explain sure. it to them. Hopefully yeah. a a decent you know, someone who's good at it. Yeah. And, and little things like having a, a female greeter with you with a woman walks in with a child, that female can walk her to ensure that where the nurseries are and that kind of stuff. Uh, and, and, you know, I think all that is so important. I know, I know, you know, all that. So tell me with, with you, you talking about a greeter, um, and pastor Tim, pastor Andrew, either one, how do your greeters develop a conversation with a guest? How, how have you, encourage them to develop some kind of conversation? Well, I guess to start with, uh, we're encouraging our, we call them hosts. So usher, be very formal, find a seat, collect an offering, a host, you know, that's very warm and inviting, gives them a good sense. We tell them, we have usually a man and a woman, a man and a lady in the lobby doing that. And we tell the guy, he's the security presence and she's the smile. Um, (laughs) And they're, and they have, you know, worship guides, bulletins in their hands and they're, how can I help you? Or um, a good safe question is, is this your first time with us? Uh, are you a visitor? It could be a little intimidating. There you go. Especially, I mean, it, it's right, hard so for us. Can you repeat but, that phrase again? I think it's, it's sure. good to hear this. Is this your That's what? Okay. Is this your what? Is, is this your first time with us? All right. So I think. So uh, it's, it's not, it's not uh, in your face. You're new, aren't you? You yeah. know, that, that scares people. Uh, <laughs> and, and you think, again, Let's I've got to put myself. Stand up and clap for them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Make even the idea of, uh, who and and different different communities are different. I think for us to say, if you're a visitor, raise your hand, That's, or who no. brought a guest. I think that would be too ex- exposing them. You know, they're trying to blend in, pretend they've always come, and no one will know. That's not um, just Queens, New York. That's, I mean, people want to come in and observe you. And, yep. and again, if I got a child or grandchild with me, and you're making me stand up, I don't know who's in your congregation. You know, yeah. I, I want some security. And so I love the idea of you disallowing people. And I love the question, you know, is this your first time here? All right. Any other things like that, Andrew or Tim, keep going. This is good. Yeah. So we, we would encourage our host reach out to them. Uh, do they need help finding a seat? Mm-hmm. We, you know, and just practically we make sure we're not interrupting more of the, the quieter moments of the service, like a scripture reading portion of the service. Let's right. wait. Okay. Now everybody's walking. Can I help you find a seat? We have a, a visitor's card that we give them just to share some basic contact information. And again, I put myself in their shoes. If I walk into a random place and someone says, here, give me all your contact information. Yeah. yeah. That's a little sketchy. Sure. So there are times we'll just, people just often leave an email address and that's it yeah. because they can unsubscribe for whatever we do next sure. <laughs> if they sure. want to, but at least it's something. Yeah. Um, and then we, we have a gift for them at the end. We really want to make sure we do that. Um, we mentioned facilities. It's really practical signage, uh, what's available in our, in our community. It's, it's a, it's a private community. So they need to have a, a parking pass in order to park. Right. So those are readily available right there. As soon as you walk in the front door, okay. anything else, Pastor Tim? Yep. Well, even the, the worship guide, we, we, uh, decided not to do hymnals because we had so many first time people every week, um, that, uh, that we, we, you know, they don't know church where we are. No one, not no one, but it's rare for someone to come who has any idea of what we are. 
And so the worship guide kind of walks through the songs. It, it, the song is right there. They don't have to go through three different books. The scriptures are right there. They can follow along. Everything, the announcements are right there. And, and it really teaches them what a worship service is. The first section is approaching God, where we're teaching this, you, you need to be right with God. The glorifying God section focuses on one specific theme of the glory of God, and there's songs and scriptures that follow that. And then the, the sermon is related to that. So it really helps someone who's the first time. That's all they need, and they don't have to feel like they're, they're out of place. It, it's, it's on a screen as well, um, but it helps them walk through and, and you don't have to know uh, a lot of lingo. You don't have to um, know when to stand up and sit down. Like you could just come. And I, I think that helps. Um, I also, we started doing this and, and I'll just throw this out there. I, this may be a little dated, but um, with, with things being such that so many people are watching online, we actually encourage visitors to do visitors cards online. Oh, yes. So, so we have a link to, where they can fill out, they, they visited online. We don't see a lot from that, right. um, but it's also engage, It's just engaging that part of your community that's watching, getting a sense of what this church is like before they go. Like we're, we're talking to them, we're saying, you know, we'd love to have you um, fill out, tell us if you need anything. Right. So it's not just, we want your email, it's can, how can we help you tell us about yourself, uh, like a two-way street. Yeah, and I just want to I just want to comment that 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 when you do a a worship service order of service or whatever you're putting in their hands, to me it helps a guest kind of relax to know where this is going, and it put it, to me it takes the pressure off when you print the scriptures in the worship guide. Uh, and so the, I know there was a movement to do away with all bulletins and all that. That's old school. No, no, no. I think it helps. It shows the the guest how important worship is to you. And so I just want to applaud you, at least from my perspective, that you're doing that. Andrew? One practical reason why is because we're a mobile church and that we're not owning our building. So to send out the hymnals every week and collect them every week, that's really yeah. heavy. It's easier to pass out small booklets of you know, three pages than oh. a whole giant hymnal. Brother. And you're avoiding turning for pages and things. Um, one thing we'll tell our people as well. Wasn't that a great song? And, and we're not assuming everybody comes from the same musical background or, sure. or style of worship that we Nobody have. is. Nobody <laughs> knows the songs. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we tell people, wasn't that a great song? Hey, you have a souvenir. Take this home with you. You yeah. can sing it Tuesday. Amen. You can Amen. sing it Wednesday and Thursday. And there's a spot at the end of the sermon notes. It's kind of re re journaling reflection questions. Sure. Hey, this is the Lord's day. Why don't you take time when you get home? I dare you. Don't turn your device on yet. Right reflect on the sermon and we record it, watch it on YouTube later. You're giving someone a take home to keep with them Amen. and use again. I love in the it. Future. I love it. And again, as a pastor, that's what we did. We had, we had a reason for doing it. Everything begins with why, why do we do this? Why do we take the time and energy? Even though we had a building, I still think the worship guide is so important, especially printing out the scriptures uh, that people don't have to worry about turning on a phone or trying to flip it through a Bible and find it. Cause guests don't know where the book of Joshua may be. So why embarrass them, right? So I just love the way y'all have thought through this and um, anything, you know, with that. Now, I, another thing I want to make a comment on. So you, when you develop the conversation, one of your notes uh, is you offer a Bible study. Okay, so let's just park right there. And even if we don't get to the rest of the uh, much of the other podcasts, I want to camp here for a minute. So either uh, Andrew, Tim, uh, first, um, 
why ask go to Tim? All right, so Tim, uh, first, materials. Okay, so tell us a little about the materials you use and how you've trained your people to engage others in Bible study. Okay. Well, so, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, try to be brief with this. Actually, we have, this is our, you, you can't see this, I guess, but this is our. Um, <laughs> I see your exercise bike. Folks. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's parked for good. Yeah. Um, our folks organized in, in to, to, we have the, the adult Bible study hour, but then, then we ask everybody who's a member to guide a group of two or three others through um, what we found to be in our community. We need to try to do all of this in five years because people are moving every five right. years okay. if we have five years. Um, so, so there's, there's this group of these studies that are evangelistic that okay. we want people doing with their friends and neighbors or in the, the, the diner Um and then there's groups of these that would be more introductory. Mm-hmm. How do you pray? How do you read your Bible? Right. Assurance of salvation. And, and so those we're asking our people to lead one another with. And, and so pretty quickly, if someone like this is the way to assimilate someone right? Uh, pretty quickly, when someone does come, they, they get, we, we ask them, we actually put them in there. There you go. All right. uh, say, we that, just say, put that again. Then, All right. say that again. It's good and loud because you're yeah, music so to my just, ears. Like if someone's come two or three times, we just, they, someone from our church is asking them to join their Bible study. Okay. And, uh, and so that's not real pressure. They can no. say no. It's exactly. just like, Hey, and the person organizes it. It's yeah. not in a church service. It's whenever they can get together. So, but somebody's uh, so doing, is going to grab, Somebody's doing yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, and so the okay. pastors are reaching out with our weekly email I, I, with, with different ways, but 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 then someone from the church is trying to get together with them to to just study the Bible. It's just another way to stay connected with people who are more on the fringe or just getting used to our church and to say they belong. Um, also to disciple them, right? And and that allows the discipleship not to be pastoral. Right. But it it supposes it organizes that the discipleship exactly. is done with the church. The church itself is building itself up, right. um, and not just the leadership is building them. The leadership is building the membership to serve one another, yeah. uh, which is the way you know God wants us to do it. Yeah, I think Ephesians um, four. So that pretty quickly they get into that. Ephesians four may speak to that to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So I think that's a yeah. pretty biblical concept. Foundational. So let me ask, ask back to your whiteboard. Can I just get personal a minute? So on that whiteboard, do you have people oh, that are yeah. involved? So is that your list of who's studying with who? Yeah. So yeah, and okay. and so some of them are the the you know some of those there's a there's a color the, of that are members, a color yeah. that is our okay. tenders, and a color. And then a section of these these folks that are more on the fringe, uh, the ones that that are just coming are in a specific class that would be right. led by a pastor. Sure. And then they once they take that, it's like seven lessons that that just more like your basics for believers that, that churches often have. Yeah. Then they move into this this uh, next what we call grace groups, small groups yeah. uh, that that is led by our people. And as soon as we did that. Uh, Brother Marsh, I don't mean to, you know, take too long here, but as soon as we did that, we saw the church growing, uh, building itself up. That was so important, uh, so important. All right. So uh, again, in the show notes, there will be. I think you have written one, two, three, four, five different Bible studies at least. You have written for your church, 
and and just we'll, evangelistic. Yeah, I mean evangelistic. Yeah. If I'm looking at the list you're looking at, yeah, uh, I think four of those are written and printed right now. Okay, but um, oh. this is just you know the opening set of studies that we could that we could really help people walk through. So here's here's what I'm doing. I got a bone to pick. On a, not with you, okay, not with you, but there, there is a term that says these Bible studies happen organically, okay, and I've never seen it just happen organically. There's always some intentional training and then some intentionality of who will invite whom to do a Bible study within the church. I'm all for organic relationships to take place, but notice it is happening that way, but with prayer, starting with prayer, and then with a plan of the pastoral staff training the people how to do the study and then equipping the people and then facilitating how the people can do the study. Does that make sense? So what I'm saying is I know yes. with your church, there is all this is being done, I think, in a biblical basis. But, folks, there is a prayer and a plan that has to be put together to equip the people to do the work of the ministry. And then I think the greatest thing to do is unleash them and let, let your folks do the work of the ministry. Mm. And, and I, again, I also love, this is a, uh, I think Tim, you said, or Andrew, you said, this is part of the assimilation process into Grace Baptist Church. As you go through those introductory Bible studies, I mean, this is part of the assimilation, right? Is that yes. fair? Okay. So once someone starts coming, there is an assimilation process to engage them with the word of God. Fair? Let's give just a quick sample of that. Yeah, so that we have one, one of our, one of our brothers who, uh, he had not been attending for a while, right? And uh, I ran into him on the street. Hey, miss seeing you. You know how you doing? Miss seeing you can be kind of heavy, right? It can't so be. hey, how you doing? Mm. I hope you're doing well. That's kind of assuming the best. Like you were traveling for business, right? But you know, I hope <laughs> you're doing well. Um, and then he says, "Hey, tell." And he didn't say, "Tell Pastor Tim." He gave us the name of his group. So, hey, tell my group leader I haven't. I, I miss seeing him. Yeah. And so mm. in his mind, his connection at the church wasn't only the pastor yeah it's good that the pastor knows who he is but it's also the person in his small group that he's connected with yeah and pastor tim and i had talked through you know what that looks like uh on our visitors card one of the questions is would you want to start a bible study about Amen. what it means to be a christian yeah if someone little checks that off do we have someone we can connect them with right then sure. right or do we have a small group okay uh this month it's this person the next month it's this person and they're just ready in case the situation, hopefully when the situation comes up, yeah. um, we have someone ready to take them and walk them through the study. And I'll just comment as well, the way that the booklets are, they're not fill in the blank. So there's not pressure to like, you have to teach or elaborate on the material. It's just reading with someone else. So it's kind of a side by side. It's kind of a side by side one-on-one reading. Yeah. Yeah, not as much okay. kind of a so people can say I don't feel ready to. Well, you're just reading next to somebody. Okay, but it, that way everybody would be able to be involved in, in in working with someone else in that that group context. Good, good, good. Tim, yeah, you said they're not up? a teacher. Yeah. So so what we did is is there's a there's a soil stage that yeah. is that you know everybody in our community we want us to get the 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 seed on the soil, and and that's where you have five five uh, evangelistic Bible studies. Uh, from there, the next stage would be sapling stage. And that's where we're taking these new believers. Right. Someone has brought this potted plant and now they're going through this, this first seven, seven lessons on uh, welcome to the family. Um, but the pastor is also doing that with new, new people that come to the church uh, to make sure we're all on the same page from there. Uh, we divide into three different categories of 
I guess, getting the word into the, the soul. And, and that would be uh, going from sapling stage to, to growth stage. Right. And that's okay. everybody for the rest of their life. One is Bible exposition each Sunday. The other one is small grace groups. And there's about 10 of those that we've done. And how many um, in each group? Where do you cap studies. a group? Where do you cap a group? Uh, so some of these groups, like this is the thing, we want everybody to do it. Right. Some of our people are gifted at teaching. Sure, absolutely. And so they're, gonna, they're just going to grow more, and, and also we need more ladies. So some of our ladies' groups are up to eight. Yeah, they shouldn't okay. be, uh, but we really want it to be like three or four. It's almost like Peter, James, John. It seemed like Jesus had the 12, but he had them divided three, up yeah. into three from there. Mm-hmm. I, I can't be dogmatic about that. Uh, but there is something valuable about that one anothering that's done on a smaller level um, where you really get the accountability of knowing those two or three people well. Yeah, I found three. Um, I mean, I personally will agree with you. I found three is effective. Once you get beyond three, the intimacy mm-hmm. of the group of prayer requests and really trusting each other in the spiritual growth aspect, um, more than three, I think I, I agree wholeheartedly. Again, I don't have biblical basis for that. Uh, you always hear no small groups, you're more than 12, but on the one-on-one side you're talking about, I just want to emphasize exactly what you just said. Three to me, and I'm the fourth or the teacher, the small group leader is the fourth, but that's the really helpful. Oh yeah. To me, that's the, the, then someone who doesn't like to share can talk. Yeah. Whereas if you get that six, they're not going to talk. No, they're not going to say what's on their heart. Um, keep going. I'm sorry. I interrupted from you. there. We do have, then we have the, the, the Bible study, which would be your traditional Sunday school hour. Yeah. And we are writing those as well. I'm getting other pastors to help with those. So, um, Mark Ward just wrote one on bibliology. Um, pastor Andrew just did the one on evangelist on Genesis one through 11. Uh, let's see. We have another one, Thomas Overmiller, if you know him. He just yeah. wrote one on Christology. Okay. Uh, so these are a little deeper, and I want a teacher or an elder teaching those. Uh, so, so the topic gets bigger, and then we want to break that down uh, to where a teacher is guiding that discussion. And uh, so that's uh, kind of the way it flushes out. There's maybe yeah, 10 or 20 yeah. of those that are in the process. Yep. I think, let's see, three, six, like church history. Like we need yeah. to talk about church history, nine, 12. So maybe 15 to 20 of those. All right. So back up from ground zero to about 10,000 feet. Okay. So you're engaging, you're engaging <laughs> guests. You've got, you're, it starts with prayer. Yeah. Okay. We're starting with prayer. We're engaging the guests. We're preparing for the guests. Once they're there, you're engaging them in a Bible study. So you're getting them in, into a small group to figure out, okay, does this person need to come to Christ? You know, are they ready to become a member? Mm. And, you know, one thing that I really like is is the person that takes them through the study uh, when they're ready to join the church, guess who's up there with them? The mm. person that disciple them. And there's always that connection. Um, so then the next thing I want to I want to close the podcast with this. So you, you got those that don't immediately engage, right? So praise God for those that do. But I know you've got some type of follow-up. Uh, just for those that come, they may observe, they may taste a little bit, but they don't taste and see that the Lord is good. Okay. So how do you <laughs> just, just briefly say what methods, what, uh, I mean, how, how do you just, just get touch base with those that may have come, may have come back, but didn't, they didn't get assimilated. I'll, I'll speak to that. Sure. And, um, in, in our, uh, where we are, it's not common to go to somebody's house 
so that even affects our ability to do door-to-door evangelism. It's more lobby to lobby. All right. So again, that's knowing your Jerusalem, right? That's knowing your Jerusalem. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yep. So in our Jerusalem to say, Hey, can I come by your house? It can be pretty invasive. All right. So it's more, Hey, can we do coffee? You know, a neutral location. Um, and so there's the personal connection. I would even just say texting or just, I mean, a follow-up email is, is kind of the, that's the base level. Yeah. Um, assuming that happens though, this is, you know, for, for us, the way we communicate with our church family, we have a weekly email that goes out, updated announcements, prayer requests, a preview of the Sunday service. We do mm-hmm. it through MailChimp. And so that means whenever they give us the visitor's card, their email list is automatically added as a uh, subscriber to that okay. weekly email. It does ask, it does, it does say that they are going to be put on that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, I mean, I got it. if they're yeah. willing to give us the email address, we respect sure. that and they can unsubscribe sure. as soon as they want to. Um, but so in one sense, there's the immediate, Hey, glad to have you join us. And uh, we try to throw a few questions in that email. Was there anything that stood out to you? Right. Anything that yeah. was confusing to you? Um, anything, um, what, what was familiar to you? Often a follow up question I have for people is does what we just had on our service, does this match your experience? It's very open-ended. And then I'll get a sense of their religious background, their, their, their church, even their worship background, where they're from. And uh, that's a great open-ended question. Does this match what you've observed in other services? Um, but then after that initial email, that initial follow-up, there's the weekly input. Hey, we're still here. We're thinking of you. And then if they're there often enough to connect with a small group, then their small group leader is also reaching out to them. Hey, we're, we're planning to meet two weeks this Tuesday. Um, let us know if we can pray with you about anything. All right. Uh, let me just make this observation. Yeah. So I, I think y'all are very bold in what you're doing. Okay, I think it's great because you have passion because you know God is saving people. Jesus Christ is building his church. Hmm. And I, if I'm just look, talking to the two of you, I think sometimes pastors either get discouraged or distracted, one of the two. And it's so easy for that to happen. So, you know, I, I think if, if you're in that situation and you're a pastor or deacon and you're listening, you're, you're discouraged or distracted, and you're saying, you know, I don't even know where to start to get where these guys are, Okay reach out to us. Uh, you know, my email address will be in the show notes. Uh, and then Andrew and, and Tim's will be there. They're both very busy, so they won't be able to get back to you, but don't feel like you're out there with nowhere to go. So part of this podcast is not only to make you aware of what others are doing, but it's attainable, but it starts with prayer and it starts to seeing God work on your behalf in the midst of your Jerusalem. And, and what Tim and Andrew, how God has used them is just so great, but I got news for you. They're not the first. This has been going on for many centuries because God is alive and real. And when Christ said he'll build his church, he's continuing to build it. And I just want to thank you, the both of you for just being so open about, you know, how you've gotten to where you are. So if I can just, if we just can get both of you just to close up this, this podcast with maybe either a blessing or a challenge you want to leave our listeners with or a word of encouragement or, or just how maybe mm. you have grown through this process of really just putting yourself out there, you know, with inviting people to do a Bible study and, and really investing in this. So in, in whatever you think would be an encouragement to our listeners or a challenge as we wrap up this podcast, because I've been challenged. I'm, I'm sitting here spiritually salivating. Okay, who's the next person I can do a Bible study with? 
Who can I engage an unbeliever? How is the next one I can? So, um, Pastor Andrew, Pastor Tim, one of you run with it, and then the next one follow up. Who would like to go first? You want to go, Andrew? I something came to my mind about the previous thing, and and I know we're running out of time, but ah, uh, that Andrew's told me I didn't know you could text people. Like this is something I'm learning as a forty-four year old. Like that's odd to me. I don't want to text anybody. Like I don't want people to know my number. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I, but that's something I'm switching. Like I just had a buddy visit in the hospital and he's telling me how his boss likes him. And he's like the vice president of the company texted him about something. And I'm just like, okay, so this is not just like people do that now. Right. Yeah. Like you know, on a professional level, it's okay to text someone. It like, and so I'm learning, okay, my, everybody needs to know my number. And, and so like, I thought there's privacy issues. There's moral issues almost like, like you don't yeah. want to get into that, but I guess that's out the window now. Like you, your wife needs to see your phone, I guess is another Absolutely. layer there. But, yeah. um, so anyway, I just throw that out there. I was just like, man, I need to do that more. And Andrew's great at that. You know, yeah. I was like, did you get that person's name? He's like, yeah, I texted him. <laughs> <laughs> you, you texted him? Right. I mean, I'm okay with email, but, yeah. uh, so like, I just need to grow, you know, uh, I'll just. Do uh, you want to share anything? So what comes to your mind, Pastor Andrew? I, I'm just laughing because <laughs> while we're talking, it's because it's all trial and error. Yeah. You know, any, any, and any ideas the Lord has given us and the Lord has given us ideas. It's, it's, it's not original with any human. No. Uh, there are like five failures behind it. Yeah. Um, as a, and so and he's just growing us through it. And it's just, you're praying for wisdom Lord, we want to connect. We want everybody in our community. And this is what Tim, Pastor Tim says want everybody in our community to go to hell over us. We want them to have heard the gospel Amen. first from us. And, um, and then we want to expect God to work. And so you'll do a mass mailing, you know, you'll, we'll do the bigger things and we'll, we'll reach out individually and we'll, we'll tell people I'm not just nice. I'm a Christian, a real Christian, like a Christian Christian. And in our context, that's a big contrast with almost everybody right. around us. But you start with prayer. Oh yeah, yeah. It's the Lord yeah. Amen. beginning and end. Amen. And, and, and we often see, we'll like have an idea about maybe, maybe this, if this will work, then maybe two or three people will find our church and two or three other people will find our church. We never even saw them coming that way. Amen. And it's like the Lord yeah. takes our efforts and he does something completely different. And so he gets all the credit while we're kind of fumbling around in the corner. Um, it's just all his glory, whatever he's doing, whatever ideas he gives yeah. us, whatever fruit comes, it's, it's from him. And to me, that makes ministry so exciting. I mean, this is, you know, this, it makes it exciting. All right, great. Tim? Yeah, I just, my heart does, like, uh, whenever I share something like this, I do, I want to encourage pastors, please, uh, like, our church is not big. We're just, we're just laboring as hard as we can, <laughs> and, and the Lord is growing it, and people are getting saved, but, but don't, don't lose heart, you know? Amen. Um, he's given you, he's placed you where you are, be encouraged. Be a light the, with your personality, where you are, the way you are. You do you, uh, as uh, buddy Tim Potter always says that. And I think that's important, right? We're all different. You're not in Queens. Um, I, if I could just encourage, keep walking with the Lord, right, and, and humbly uh, seeking his face. But one thing that really encourages me and pushes me forward, both in humility and then also in confidence, is reading uh, people who are dead and their example. Because if I just know my my own pastors, uh, friends, they're not as evangelistic, you know, or uh, what we're seeing is is so minor compared to what I'm reading about 
now in China. I'm reading in China in a, and then in a Mormon country. And then I'm reading, uh, about in, in a, uh, 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 eaten by cannibals at John Payton. So yeah. I'm reading like these three biographies and they challenge me that God yeah. saves people. They challenge me that when I meet with this person, I can expect God to work yes. because I'm reading about it happening. So if you can stay fresh with those missionary yeah. biographies, uh, don't put them away, reread them or, or get a new one. Uh, as you walk with the Lord, I think that gives us confidence and, and humility yeah. uh, with an evangelistic spirit, Amen. right? Staying evangelistic. And I think uh, I love Jonathan Goforth's biography on, on, on evangelism, man. He, I mean, uh, cause he expected souls to be saved mm-hmm. and they put his, he put mm-hmm. feet to his prayers. All right. Hey guys, thanks for your time. Thanks for the investment in GFA missions. Thanks for sponsoring the podcast. So pastor Tim Richmond, pastor Andrew Snavely, again, love to catch up with you some other time to another podcast. So there's so much to go through just on Tim's materials. So, uh, again, thanks for your testimony, guys. Appreciate your friendship in the Lord. God bless. Thank you, brother. You're listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org slash consulting.